And I can tell you from what we've heard, I think we're going to have a very successful offseason when it comes to free agents. Welcome to the Knicks Bait Podcast, home of the zestiest takes and a blunt worth of time. Yep. Three Knicks addicts. We were scratching and fiending for that second half action. Dunky, fresh. What are your predictions? I'm seeing the Knicks going a, a nice 34 and 38, four game losing streak to start the second half, followed by a four game winning streak. That's going to be the tenor all the way home. And we're going to lose on a Terry Rozier game winner in the play in and go on straight back to the lottery where we belong, baby. Oof. Beautiful. D boy, your predictions. You're way too generous. They're going 11 and 24 the rest of the way. They're not making a play in game. Get ready for big losing streaks up and down. One happening in April, one happening in May. This is going to be a rough one. Buckle in. And it's me, Monty, saddest Knicks fan. And I was surprisingly the nicest one. And I feel like we're going to go 35 and 37, squeak into the lottery by losing a sad play-in game no playoffs for the knicks baby please angel pass and say amen please is that jim dolan's cologne that i'm starting to smell a little bit that lottery cologne Mm. yummy aldi dolan final score siervo 134 pantalones 101 for noche latina night walt suit gold standard of excellence for Giannis led bucks we're gonna get into quick hits quick hits a way too predictable blowout fresh off the all-star break let's try to give out some awards the austin rivers who's your daddy most valuable player goes to actual mvp Giannis antetokounmpo he bulldozed his way to a 24 10 and 10 triple double while posting a divine seven for seven from the strike The Fresh Prince, How Come He Don't Want Me Man Award goes to Obi Toppin, who scored 10 points on four or five shooting despite playing only 19 minutes. The Bradley Beal Lone Bright Spot Award goes to RJ Barrett for his cool, calm, and collected 22 points. The Joaquin Noah Two Lit All-Star Hangover Award is bestowed upon Julius Randle's vintage performance that included five turnovers and seven points on 25% shooting. And the sad stat of the game, the Knicks are now 5-11 against teams that are above 500. This day in sad Knicks history, March 11th, 2013, Golden State 92, New York 63. Oracle was absolutely rocking, and you could see the outlines of an emerging dynasty. The Splash Brothers combined to go 10 of 17 from 3, and David Lee brought it to his former team to the tune of 21, 10, and 8. The three of them combined to outscore the entire Knicks roster. Uppercase S for sad. Are teams more likely to hit a three contested by a Nick than a wide open one? 
Why does Alfred Payton's shooting make Jared Jeffries look like Hubert Davis? Will Obi Toppin ever get a favorable whistle? Did Julius Randle think tonight was the second half of the All-Star game because Giannis was still giving him that work? Do any of the other starters know who R.J. Barrett is? Why does Alec Burks play defense like he's an inflatable tube man at a car wash? Is 30 points the minimum deficit for Tibbs to have actual garbage time? All this and more on the next Knicks Unsolved Mysteries. Respect for Lopez. Adetokounmpo and the foul. Adetokounmpo fakes, drives, layup, shot no good, gets his own rebound, back up and in. The Knicks have the third most difficult schedule in the NBA for the rest of the year. Tonight's blowout is not some great foreshadowing of exactly how bad the team will be in the second half. Rather, it simply demonstrated the monstrous task ahead of the Knicks to try to make the playoffs. We sit two weeks to the day from the trade deadline, and on the heels of Yaron Weitzman's post piece on the inner workings of the front office, the question remains, can a rebuilding process and Tibbs coexist? It was enlightening seeing the different forces in the front office. You got a guy like World Wide West connected, pushing from the college rank, but also wanting star players. You got Tibbs maybe throwing the youngsters under the bus and wanting to trade them to upgrade their team. And then you got the analytics guys ranking their contracts, depending if they can get maybe a second rounder for each one and if they trade them now versus trade them three weeks later. And I think the most important thing that we learned and that we also learned from Thibodeau's comments after practice yesterday is that Leon Rose, in the words of Tony Soprano, is the motherfucking fucking one calling the shots around here. So (laughs) at the end of the day, we have a system of checks and balances. The question is how engaged is, is Leon? Why is he so quiet? Why are his cards being kept so close to the chest right now? Where is this front office actually going with the season? We have two directions. The trade deadline presents the newest challenge to the front office to bridge the Tibbs I'd kill my firstborn to win this game against the Kings versus the actual rebuilding process that the Knicks have embraced for the last two years that actually that actually has us looking competitive on the court. How is pulling a hinky something to be mocked? Well, it's the having your cake and eating it too philosophy that's been going on. We're going to compete. We're also possibly going to trade people to upgrade or downgrade at the half. What are we doing here? Let's hope the cake was the beautiful first half we got to enjoy and competitive basketball in the garden and that the eating it is the lottery pick when we go get our franchise player. I don't know if it would be such a diss if he was calling him a Presti instead of a Hinky. Hinky kind of sounds like Hanky, kind of sounds like something you would blow your nose on. Something diminutive <laughs> about the name Hinky. The positive side of what's happening right now, especially we saw tonight with RJ Barrett, despite how awful the rest of the team was playing, he was steady, he was solid, he's a piece. We have Mitchell Robinson, who should be making his return to the lineup, and man, RJ could really use his presence on the roll right now. So if if we've been so far hinkying our way into Mitchell Robinson and and RJ Barrett instead of Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, it's a start. Big reason why Tibbs should never be a GM like he was in Minnesota. If it was up to him, we'd have Gordon Hayward and Bogdan Bogdanovich and be the whitest team in the NBA. Tibbs advocated to get rid of RJ and Mitch. What will the long-term effect of that be 
going public at such a young developmental age for them. Are we in a three-year plan? Are we the beginning of that? Are we at the beginning of a five-year plan? Tibbs doesn't seem to see from year to year. That seems to be incongruent with the way that the team should be developing. To, to Tibbs, wins are like huffing paint. He just needs to keep getting more and more and more of them as much as he can to keep his buzz going. Roll that. Light that. Smoke that. It's time for Blanta. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. The Bucks played that on the organ at the end of the game. Milwaukee, what the fuck is going on? They are the most boringly excellent team in the NBA. Giannis is great. He also disappears in late game situations. Three throws. James Christian Middleton. Yeah, Christian with a K. That's the most exciting thing about Chris Middleton. Drew with a J holiday. So good. So solid in every aspect. So bland. Brooke Lopez, I'm bored. Dante, the Delaware Jordan DiVincenzo. I'm starting to percolate. The bench, though. Once a Nick, always a Nick. Theonis and Bobby Punch Out Portis. Hell yeah, I'm in. Bryn Forbes, sure. Pat, 44-inch vertical Connaughton. Slamma lamma ding dong. I'm finally excited about the books. Yeah, right. Wake me up when they make it to the finals. We hope you all enjoyed your Knicks bait. And always remember, James Dolan still owns the Knicks.